Welcome to Shabbat Shalom. This is your host, Sam Brancart, and this is episode 20. Today, I'm joined with Brianna Holman for the Midweek Crisis. This podcast originally began as a way for me to become more comfortable with my own voice. Then, it blossomed into a Bible study. I'm currently in the Book of Revelation, and that's released on Friday afternoons. And now, I'm inviting friends onto the show midweek to share about their lives and their stories. The Midweek Crisis dives into the dreams we had when we were young, what inspired them, what motivated them, and what stopped them or directed them forward. Then we look at the winding path to where we are now. How did we get here? What inspires us and motivates us now? We've heard of the midlife crisis, and halfway through the week, we're looking at the story of us. We look at the changes we've gone through and the decisions we've made. This is the midweek crisis. So Bree is joining me today from Florida. Bree's grandparents go to the same church as me, and they got us connected a couple of years ago. Is that right? Yes, it was like three years ago or so. Okay. Yeah, so Bree and I, we have a lot in common from military involvement to our love of obstacle course races. So Bree just did her first Spartan race with me last month in Jacksonville, and I got to do my first Savage race with her back in September up in Georgia. Something I really appreciate about Bree is her pursuit for truth her love for the Lord, and her courage to stand up for others. So Brie, welcome Hi, to the show. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be with you, Sam. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's get started. We'll start at the beginning. So when you were young, what was your first dream job? Um, so my first dream job was probably my only dream job. And um, I remember okay. the moment I was in Mrs. Crass's seventh grade social studies class, and I knew I wanted to join the Air Force. That's fantastic. So seventh grade, your teacher was talking about it, or how did how did you start? Um, I don't know. I don't remember the conversation. She was probably talking about the Huns or like the Hung Dynasty or something like that. I don't know, daydreaming <laughs> something, but I just remember thinking about it. And just, you know, I just remember being in her class and was like, you know what? it's it's settled I'm going to join the military wow okay so when you came to this decision what was your next step like did you tell Um, anybody I told my parents um probably first my family um but with me being in seventh grade and like most people everyone's like whatever your mind's gonna change a million times before so (laughs) I think my dad was a little bit more like um you know because my dad was active um air force so he was like oh that's really exciting because he joined because his great-grandfather served in world war ii I think he was really excited to hear that but Again, being in seventh grade, I think I was like 15, 14 or 15. He was like, eh, so we'll see. Her mind might change. It's just so neat how it has been such a family Mm -hmm. thing for you. Your dad, great grandparents, like that's Mm -hmm. so neat. Yeah, definitely. What did it look like for you in high school? Um, So it was really exciting. Um, I think when I was telling family that they were more like supportive, that they were like, oh, wow, she's really serious. It's been like, you know, three years. And she first told us and she's like yeah. still talking about it. But um, it kind of came to a halt for a second. My sophomore year of high school, I tore my ACL. And I remember sitting in the orthopedic surgeon's office. Um, I was playing soccer and it, I didn't go to the doctors until like two months afterwards, after the injury. And so when he told me my ACL tore, I like cried no, I can't get into the Air Force. They're not going to take me and it's going to be horrible. And I was just crying because I just thought like my dream was just gone before it even started. 
So I was really scared for a while. Um, at that point, I was playing soccer for almost 10 years. And so I love soccer. But after my surgery, you know, sophomore year, no complications, I actually gave up soccer my senior year of high school because I didn't want to risk another injury. But was that a stopping factor for you or were you able to continue to pursue? Um, it didn't stop me. So I, you know, did physical therapy. I worked really hard in physical therapy with the goal of like, I need to get better so I can join the military. And um, we moved from Michigan after my dad retired. Um, so I finished phys physical therapy before we actually moved to Florida for my junior okay. and senior year of high school. So my junior year of high school, I signed like my commitment letters and I, or like the paperwork and everything. So um, in the Air Force, they have a delayed entry program where they call it DEP. I was committed. We met, I think, like twice a week. Um, so I did that, you know, all senior year, um, just waiting until my ship out date. And it was totally God's grace because um, I wanted medical. My dad was a paramedic when he wasn't um, security forces. So my dad was a military police officer. Um, and so when he wasn't with the military, he was a paramedic and my grandma was a nurse. So I was like, let's start with medical. And so um, a lot of people wanted medical jobs, but because they already graduated, when you get, when you enlist in the military, they just want to ship you out as soon as possible, get, get you a job and get you like on your way to basic training. But because I was in the delayed entry program, I was able to wait, you know, a year for that job to open up. So question for you. I know quite a few high school students who have been thinking about the military when you got on the plane to go over to San Antonio, Texas, what were some thoughts going through? It was kind head? of, um, I had a lot of jitters. Um, I was kind of nervous, anxiousness, um, anticipation. Okay, so you went to basic training. Were you able to continue through with the medical job? I did. I did. So um, after okay. um, eight and a half weeks of um, basic training, um, I took a short bus ride to Fort Sam Houston, which is where all the medics go for training. Um, and that's across the board for the military. So Fort Sam is an army base. And so they're army combat medics. Um, they have their training there. And then uh, when I went through tech school or technical school, um, we did our classes with the Navy corpsmen who are, who are Navy, um, the Navy calls their medics corpsmen. So we actually had our classes together. We did, um, you know, the first part, I think the first eight weeks was our emergency medicine training. So we did a lot of school and we condensed eight months of um, EMT, like emergency medical technician training. So normally it's like an eight month school and we had to do it in six, six or seven weeks. And so that was, it was wow. so stressful. I remember um, there was a girl that was in my basic training flight. We actually got to go to tech school together. So we were in the same class. After that, we had, I think it was another, I think 16 weeks where we did just basic nursing classes. Um, and then we had six weeks of on the job training. For my on the job training, um, we had a different base there were six different bases that we could go to. And I actually got to go to Eglin Air Force Base, which is up in the Panhandle in Florida to be there for six weeks. And then when I got there, that's when I got orders. I got my permanent orders to 
Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado Springs, which was beautiful. It was on my dream sheet, one of the bases I wanted to go to. So just, again, just blessings and blessings that God gave me during that time. You were bouncing all over the place, Texas to Florida to Colorado. It's, it's incredible just how you've been able to follow this dream that you've had since seventh grade and completely see it through. So Colorado, what are you up to now? Are you still military? Are you still Air Force? So I was, I'm not in the military anymore. Um, I, very early on in my career, I experienced, um, I had two pretty traumatic experiences in the military. And after that, I kind of, my faith was definitely tested during that time because, you know, that was a point in my life where I should have really trusted God to help me through. And instead I actually started walking away. I had a really negative outlook and I was like, well, I'm the only one who can kind of take care of myself or I need to take control. And so I stopped making God a priority and kind of just putting my own like selfish heart, you know, to try to get me through. And it eventually caught up to me after um, almost it was a little over four and a half years that I was in the military when um, in September of 2017, I went to our mental health clinic and told them I had plans to hurt myself and um, started talking about the trauma that I experienced in the military. And I was very iffy about, you know, fully disclosing. I was very careful what to say because I didn't want to lose my job. I was so worried about, you know, them just discharging me for like medical reasons. And so I wasn't taking, you know, the treatment that I was getting very seriously. And then, you know, I thought I was doing better or I was trying to tell myself I was getting better. And then December of 2017, so about like three or four months after I started, you know, treatment, I did have um, a suicide attempt that left me in the ICU for about four days. And then I was then transferred to um, an inpatient um, behavioral health unit for another like four days. So um, at that point, I knew my career was over. And so three months later, uh, my leadership put in paperwork to have me medically discharged. So there was a lot of betrayal I felt from my leadership in the military that I weren't willing to like help me and really support me because part of the reason why I joined the military was for that family because I grew up with it um with my dad you know I remember going to work with him and um and just everyone that all my dad's co-workers were you know um Uncle Juan you know Uncle Tom Uncle Steve like everyone was just family and so I I wanted that and that was one of the biggest reasons why I joined the military was for that family um And, you know, when I was hurting the most, they just kind of threw me out or that's what it felt like. So oldest sister got married about a month after my suicide attempt. Um, And she moved to Florida where her husband and his family lived. And so we grew really close during that time. Um, Immediately told me, you know, I'm planning on you living with us. And so that was just a blessing um, because her and her husband were very deeply rooted with um, Jesus and following him and his um, family, my brother-in-law's family, just truly amazing, loving people. Um, they didn't know a lot about what would, what I was struggling with, but they took me in as their own and just really just poured so much love and truth into me when I needed it the most, which again, just blessings from God when 
um, I kind of, I, I was walking disobediently from him for so long and he just, his grades just really poured out that time. We've been spending the last, you know, three years of really just facing, you know, a lot of the hurt and, um, and trauma that I experienced in the military and then learning to walk with Jesus confidently and working on building that trust with him. You are so strong and you are so brave. And I just, I love how in your story, you can see just the Lord pursuing you and how much he loves you. Like just even through your family, through your sister, through your brother-in-law, um, that he's, he's always, the Lord's always been mm-hmm. there. And I just, I love Yeah, there's just so many incredible story. people. Like, and that's how we got connected because I think my grandparents knew yes. a little <laughs> bit about my story. And so, and then they knew you and I remember visiting them very shortly after I got out of the military and my gra- grandpa was like, you know what? You need to meet Sam. You need to meet Sam. And so I was like, okay, grandpa. <laughs> and I was like, this is something that people don't really do. Or I was like, this is kind of weird. What am I going to talk to her about? And I remember my grandparents ever since. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm so, so grateful for your grandpa for um, taking that awkward step and saying, Hey, how about you guys get coffee? And we're both like, <laughs> yeah, sure, uh, we don't know each other, but okay. But exactly. Well, that's all we have time for today. Isn't Bree's story incredible? We'll be picking up with the rest of it next week. So be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast to hear the second part of Bree's story. You can find me on Instagram at Sam Francart and Bree on Instagram at BriannaLexis07. Until then, Shabbat Shalom, Maranatha.